What's up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this rip of TFTC. Fun rip. Another design rip. Sat down with John's Bahari and Ed from Bolt Fun, Bolt.fun, who are coordinating and hosting the Legends of Lightning tournament, which runs from October 12th to December 7th of this year, the next nine weeks or eight weeks now. It's a weekend, but you can still sign up. Many weeks to sign up. Very great initiative. Three Bitcoin worth of prizes on the line. So if you guys are building on Lightning, uh, they have two tracks, Global Adoption and uh, an Afro Conference, Africa-specific track. There's going to be prizes for both tracks. The winner's going to get one Bitcoin. It's beautiful. We talk about a bunch of design stuff as well. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. It was brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to bring you many things. The core being multi-sig custody. Their Vault product is a two or three multi-sig, which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. You always control of your UTXOs as long as you have your two keys. So you have control of your Bitcoin. If Unchained goes away, you can recover it using open source software. It's the most secure way to hold your Bitcoin in cold storage. They also have the new trading desk, unchained.com slash trading, which is the best way to buy Bitcoin because you set up that vault. You buy Bitcoin via the trading desk. And it doesn't sit on an exchange. Unchained isn't an exchange. It doesn't sit on Unchained. You buy Bitcoin. It goes straight to your multi-sig cold storage. Best and easiest way, most secure way to buy Bitcoin. They also have an IRA product. If you have a Cuckbuck IRA, you're looking to roll it into Bitcoin. Unchain has uh, an IRA product, which you can hold the keys as well. Again, this is all revolving around multi-sig. So go check out everything Unchained has at Unchained.com. If you want to use their trading desk, it's available in 36 states now. They're adding more states. Seems like week in and week out now. Um, so before you go to buy, make sure it's available in your state. Unchained.com slash trading the trading desk best way most secure way to buy bitcoin directly into cold storage this rip was also brought to you by our good friends at brains brains is here to make you a smarter miner to make you a more profitable miner to make you a more private miner they started stratum v2 stratum v2 fixes the communication between individual miners in the pool and encrypts that data now which makes your operation a bit more private stratum v2 has many other Benefits as well. It's obviously an open source project now that many others are contributing to, but it started at Brains. And then Brains has their OS Plus firmware, which helps you stack more SATs. You download the firmware on compatible ASICs. Uh, it focuses on higher frequency tuning chips, or it auto-tunes to the higher frequency chips to produce more hashes so that you can produce more SATs. It also helps you take care of your machine more, so it elongates the life cycle of that machine which will help you stack more sats at the end of the day. If you have an ASIC that's compatible with Brains OS Plus firmware and you're not using it, you're leaving sats on the table, and only idiots do that. Go to brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com to check out all this. This trip was also brought to you by our good friends at HODL HODL. HODL HODL is here to bring you a lending platform that has no KYC, no AML. It's peer-to-peer, -peer, lower rates, leverages Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. What you do is you put your Bitcoin up in a two or three multi-sig escrow account. You hold one key. Your counterparty in the loan holds one key and HODL HODL holds the third key. Uh, 
you don't have control over that Bitcoin, but since you hold one key in the two or three multi-seed quorum, you have visibility into the escrow account throughout the duration of your loan so that you know that your sats are not being rehypothecated. And if you're paying your stablecoin loan back, plus the interest associated with it, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. If you have stablecoins, you want to get yield on them, you can enter the other side uh, of that marketplace, put them up, attach a, an interest rate. Again, you hold one key in that two or three multi-seek escrow, so you know the sats are there. If your counterparty doesn't pay your loan, plus the interest, you're going to get the sats at the end of the day. Uh, and again, if you're looking for a loan, lend.hodlhodl.com has lower rates than many of the other providers out there right now. lend.hodlhodl.com. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends at CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth is here to bring sovereignty to your healthcare. When you become a CrowdHealth member, you pay a monthly fee. If you become a CrowdHealth Bitcoin member, Bitcoin community member, you pay a monthly fee. A portion of that fee goes to a dedicated bank account that you control in cash, and another portion of that goes to Bitcoin that you hold alongside that. Uh, if you ever have a medical event, CrowdHealth has a network of doctors that they can connect you with if you need that. Uh, you just let them know, hey, I'm going to the doctor. You go to the doctor. You get a bill from the doctor. You bring it to CrowdHealth. They negotiate that bill lower for you. Uh, and then you pay the first $500 of that bill, and then it gets crowdfunded by the CrowdHealth community, by the Bitcoin community, if you're in the Bitcoin community. Uh, CrowdHealth has, it's not health insurance, should be clear with that, but uh, it has requirements to get in, health requirements. So you're you're joining a community of people who are, healthier or who are healthy and so uh because of that healthcare costs for that community is going to be lower over time in aggregate uh, and it's the best way to take control of your health care health insurance is a black box opaque industry you really don't know what you're getting uh, people really aren't incentivized to get you the lowest price for your health care within the health insurance com uh, system they're actually incentivized to jack prices up and there's a lot of administrative bullshit that goes along with it. CrowdHealth is here to advocate on behalf of you to drive your prices down. And they're able to do this because doctors like it because they get paid out in cash immediately. It's a beautiful thing. Go to joincrowdhealth.com slash TFTC to join the Bitcoin community. Use the code TFTC at checkout to get your first six-month membership payment, uh, $99, which is a very big discount. So first six months, $99 a person. For your account, my family, we're on healthcare, or excuse me, we're on crowd health. We love it. It's a beautiful thing. Take sovereignty over your healthcare. Get lower cost. High inflationary environment. You need to cut costs everywhere. Crowd health is a great way to do that. Join crowdhealth.com slash TFTC. Enjoy this rip with John's and Ed. Fantastic one. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. I'm sitting down with Johns and Ed from Peak Shift, which is a Bitcoin-focused design agency. Also, founders of Bolt Fund, which are running the Lightning Legends. How would you guys, it's a tournament? Is it a design tournament, a building tournament? How would you guys describe this? 
it's a building tournament yeah we kind of like try to move away from like the the like the hackathon narrative of things um because that tends to be like very technical so we're calling it a tournament instead and it's I quite like, epic i like it there's three bitcoin on the line three bitcoin can you believe that bitcoins as a bit as a designers <laughs> what do you guys what do you guys prefer bitcoin or bitcoins language is well, important for design people don't recognize this probably more likely that they're going to be multiple utxos on the line maybe that's the easiest way to that's say good. i don't know a lot of sats uh, a lot of sats hope we're hoping it's going to be around sixty thousand dollars but it kind of depends on the price of bitcoin on december 7th <laughs> so <laughs> hey, we like you... put a little squiggle next to the 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 dollar amount because we're like oh we can't probably promise that it's going to be 60k so we'll just <laughs> about 60k yeah. why so bearish it could be 120k by then we don't we don't know true that true that true that <laughs> let's go baby <laughs> so what uh what was the intention behind starting bolt fun and this lightning legends tournament you all start of the bolt fun stuff then yeah uh so i mean i guess the bolt fun the origin stories started with johns and a couple of others when they were looking for uh if i'm right in saying it was a lot of resources that were sort of being put into the bitcoin design guide uh, i'm not sure if you've heard of the bitcoin design community but um they're an awesome sort of bitcoin focused community they came up with this guide which is a a great way for designers who are kind of looking to interact with Bitcoin software, uh, wallets, how to design wallets and applications and things like that. Uh, and it was obviously very on-chain focused when we were kind of contributing to it. Um, and there was a lot of lightning material that wasn't being written, but wasn't really being used. And that initially sort of started by putting that into a guide. Um, the Bitcoin design guide is now very lightning focused. Um, I think maybe more so as default. Um, but yeah, we just had a bunch of extra docs and resources that we kind of wanted to put somewhere. Uh, we knew that some people wanted to kind of experiment with Lightning and build in the space. Um, so it all really started with the guide. And then from there, we kind of thought, well, hey, there isn't also really like a consolidated community for, for Bitcoiners online. I mean, you have like, you've got Stacker News, you've got PlebWiki. Um, there's obviously GitHub. Twitter is huge as well for people. Um, but there wasn't really like a place where I can go as someone who's looking to build on Bitcoin and Lightning and say, cool, how do I implement LNURL auth? Or um, how do I get, uh, how do I open a Lightning channel? Or how do I get liquidity to my web application? Uh, how do I build using WebLN? So um, that's really what Bolt Fund aimed to be. That's kind of why we started it, because we wanted to see a lot more innovation and drive from builders in the space to kind of build on the application layer of Bitcoin. Um, so that's what we kind of aim to be. And also, uh, importantly, try and be sort of fun and inclusive, because I think with the uh, maxi attitude, sometimes comes this sort of level of certain level of toxicity, which, which is fine, but uh, it's sometimes quite disheartening for new people coming into the space um who don't really know where to get started and they're sometimes met with a bit of an attitude of figure it out yourself or dive deep into this super technical resource which some people can't even read so um we wanted there to be a slightly more like open arms friendly space for people to to get involved well that uh yeah. that connotation really comes through with the design of the bolt.funds site it's fun it's a fun site like i was telling you guys i just signed in 
using uh, WebLN, uh, using Albi. I know that's controversial, but like we said, they're, they're the only ones who have enabled it right now. And it is very easy, two clicks and you're in. Yeah, well, actually, um, the login mechanism is using LNURL off. So you can also scan with Blue Wallet, Breeze, um, Blixt as well, right? Um, so that's like the authentication part. The voting, that that's the WebLN part. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, we could do probably do some WebLN-based voting as well. Um, sorry, WebLN-based login, because there's a sign message and verify message in there. So it can be used technically for login. But um, yeah, that, uh, that QR that you clicked on or clicked to connect, that was LNURL off, which I'll be also um, incorporates. And I also want to like um, hop on something that Ed said. So you see new people coming into the space that want to learn about like how to develop uh, applications and stuff on Bitcoin, they're, they got to read like Mastering Lightning or mastering Bitcoin or something like this, right? And because that's like the, you know, like the, like some of the big documentation that we have for people to understand the tech. But it's, it's, it's pretty dense. <laughs> it's a pretty dense read, you know? It's a, um, I read a couple chapters of it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes um, you have, yeah, you have those folks who want to like dive deep into like, okay, how does this entire system function? And then they said, yes, then I'm going to like design something or build something, code something. But then you have this other type of people like me, actually, which like I like to build stuff to learn, right? Um, and for those people, I think it's, um, it's very important to have uh, examples, tutorials, just like, like, hey, this is what it is to make a, a music app with Lightning or Bitcoin, or this is like some other app, right? So you just follow one tutorial on a weekend. This is how someone's done it. You follow all the steps. You could deviate if you want, but we need more of this. But here's the problem now, right? Within Bitcoin, we use a lot of like chat groups, right? So whether it's Slack, Discord, Matrix, Telegram, none of that is searchable on the web, you DuckDuckGo, Google, whatever, you're searching for those tutorials or those lessons or whatever, they're not there, right? No, you can't find You can't them. find them. You have to go, to, so, that, so then you have to find those groups, right? Yeah. Now you have to know about the technology specifically, right? You have to know there's something called LNURL Mafia that I'm going to go in there or Nostr or WebLN, and I'm going to go into those groups, but you don't know those things yet, right? No, it, it, so then you... Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say another thing too, like when you're going back to like mastering Bitcoin and mastering lightning, those are a bit static where a lot of stuff is evolving. Like things like LN URL auth and WebLN probably aren't even in mastering lightning. Exactly. exactly. So you guys have like a live, ongoing, evolving place where people can go to learn more about this stuff, which I love. Yeah. And like when we were building it up, I'm like, like, like as an agency, as a like web agency, there's um there's there's uh two things that you don't build. One is a project management app. The other one is a, a social network. Because every 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 agency goes through the same thing. Hey, we could make a better project management app than what we're using now. Thirty seven signals, they did it mm-hmm. as well, right? They did it quite well, and you know it's like a bajillion dollar company now. But most people just end up failing. But and in essence, we 
still ended up doing that with Bold Fund because it has this project management <laughs> style uh, uh, tools and it's also a social network uh, a bit. But I think one of the reasons why we have to do this as well is because we're also learning what does it take to build a application on top of Bitcoin. Right? Yeah. For what it's worth, it seems a bit more intuitive than Basecamp. So, um, appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, design has always been one of the most fascinating areas of Bitcoin to me because when I left finance, I actually wound up taking a design boot camp, just learning. I wanted to learn about UX, UI design and the psychology behind it. And that was 10 years ago now at this point, or eight years ago. And as I've gone through my Bitcoin journey, it's always been lingering in the back of my mind. It's, it's obvious that the UX for a lot of the products around Bitcoin, it's definitely getting better today, but historically it has been subpar. And I've just always been a champion of, hey, we need to get the designers here to focus on these problems because they're massive problems. And as designers, uh, obviously... Bitcoin probably wasn't the first thing you guys worked on as designers. What are the challenges with designing around Bitcoin specifically, particularly having to design for on-chain and then lightning and then letting users know what's actually happening when they're using different apps throughout the Bitcoin ecosystem? I think uh, if I can answer first, um, one thing which I've definitely thought about a lot is the level of abstraction that comes into applications. Um, for example, um, take for example, on-chain transactions where um, with every on-chain on transaction, there needs to be some sort of coin selection where the application, it could be an automatic algorithm or it could be a manual one by the user where they have to select a certain number of UTXOs or UTXO that they want to use in that transaction, right? They have to like create these sort of transaction inputs and then those form the outputs. And that's a very, it's not too complicated, but it's quite complex. And it's sometimes too complex to maybe have that necessarily in the foreground for applications. Uh, so a lot of wallets maybe result to, um, having some sort of automatic coin selection instead. And I think slowly over time, some of those UX bumps have kind of been kinked out a little bit and people have moved towards sort of certain best practices, which is also one thing which the sort of Bitcoin design guide tries to do is sort of implement best UX principles and practices. Um, but even with like the lightning stuff now, um, you know, node management, opening channels, making sure you have inbound and outbound liquidity and stuff like it, it can be kind of difficult. And I think that where good design is going to come in is where we can kind of keep a lot of the integrity of privacy preserving practices and, and what it might, what it might be, um, whilst kind of abstracting it on a design layer so that the final user doesn't actually have to kind of push through this like heavy and quite burdensome UX just to do a simple action of sending a lightning transaction. And I mean, I've definitely come across people in the space who are actually like really adverse to good design. Like they don't, they want to kind of simplify everything back to this kind of like web one where it's just this really tacky interface. Uh, you've, or even just you're interacting with just pure code. Like there's not even really like an interface for you to interact with. Um, 
and it's like oh well maybe we could maybe we can make this look a bit prettier and it's like no no i don't i don't want people who like pretty things to be interacting with my application i want it to be like hardcore cypherpunks only and you're like oh, well is that gonna get everyone involved like probably not so i think one thing which is just generally like i think a bit of a pushback is this you know people in bitcoin are sometimes adverse to good design i think we need to get better at wanting it um and being like hey we can compete with some other platforms that have billions in design and why they're attracting a lot of talent and a lot of interest is because they do focus on design um and then yeah the second thing i would say is just as a designer who's maybe not super technical having to kind of digest and abstract a lot of information uh on what's actually happening in an application and then trying to put that forward to the user in the simple click of a button or a few buttons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes the, uh, sorry, sometimes, um, the best kind of like design, um, you know, like, um, there's a project, um, LNDG, um, it's in the Bitcoin designathon, which is all, and also in the, um, legends of lightning tournament. Um, they're, they've got all this, um, stuff to manage, uh, your nodes liquidity and different configurations and all that. And we were um, on a call talking to them and we're like, what is the best design of this look like? And it's like a single button, right? It's a single button that you press. But how do you get to that point where it's a single button, right? You have to understand all the different configurations and stuff. So we came up with like three other buttons, right? <laughs> um, you know, optimize for 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 cost, optimize for this, optimize for that. So it's like, okay, so now it's like four buttons. But, um, and then you have to explain to the person what each button does and what those presets mean and all this, right? So we're very much um, at the point where, um, you know, designers also are having to learn about um, the different primitives that make up Bitcoin. And to what um, uh, Ed was saying, sometimes it gets like abstracted, like way too far, right? Where it's like, this is just automatic coin selection, let's go. But then what ends up happening is that you don't uh, uh, compensate for that or, you know, the designer may not understand that there is some um, uh, a compromise that happens with regards to privacy, right, that you're now eroding from your user and have you informed them of this, right? Um, so... Uh, 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 and then we go to the other extreme, um, which is the like the manual selection. But to understand how we get to the best solution, which is honest to Bitcoin, right? Because this is a new type of money that we, that we have to design for, right? So we have to, you know, it cannot look exactly like what preceded it. You know, it's it's not going to look exactly like the Venmo app or the PayPal app, right? We could get it to a familiar level to folks, but there are some underlying things that you have to account for and uh, 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 reflect in the user interface. And I think that's sometimes like the difficult part. Of course, you have like some um, some technical constraints that are also difficult to deal with. Like on iOS, how do you run a, um, a lightning node um, in the background? Well, you can't, not so much. It has like five seconds and then um, it kills all ba uh, background processes, right? So, you know, that's why you have to have the app open or like depend on like some external server in order to wake the app up in order um, when you get the um, when you get the payment. So there are some technical constraints that you sometimes you can't really design 
around because they're just so hard, um, you know, but, um, but yeah, I would say like some of them would be the technical constraints and um, some of them is like understanding those uh, smaller primitives and constraints of the, um, uh, 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 of, of the, of the way Bitcoin works. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned like the coin selection with privacy and letting users know that. So like, how much do you guys think need, like how much can de- like better design improve the user experience? Like what's the balance between better design and user education? Because like you said, we can get as close to Venmo as possible, but it's not Venmo. It's Bitcoin. You have UTXOs, you have coin selection, you have all that. Like how much effort on the education side do you guys think is needed to make people aware of how they should be interacting with these apps? I mean, these are not uh, new principles in designing for a set of users who don't know about your product or whatever, right? These are things that, you know, like you you open like QuickBooks accounting or whatever, there's guided tours, you know, they progressively um, show you features or ask you to unlock things. So these aren't new things in, um, in, in the UX design, UI design space, right? Um, uh, typically, what we have, I think Moon does a very good job at like the key, um, uh, the key backup uh, portion of the app. Especially, it's very simple. Uh, but they they go, they take you through these steps, and they have this checklist. And you know, I like seeing that kind of stuff. We need it in like other places in the application as well, like you know, when you're doing a spend, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, or if you're going to receive, for instance, I'm generating addresses. I'm sharing it with like ten different people. Right, the same address, by the way, right? Um, but now ten people know this address, but they've they've not sent the the funds. So now you know it's it. So instead, maybe that should be something um, where I'm kind of like labeling my transaction. Uh, oh, sorry, labeling an address like before it gets generated or something like this. You know, um, so. It does, like, it is going to need education, as with all interfaces. If I just drop you into, you know, what we're using here, Ecamm, you know, without any instructions, you're going to be like, hey, I don't know how to use this. You know, you want to, um, this company is going to wanting to, um, going to want to um, uh, uh, reach an audience of, like, you know, maybe older folks who aren't really used to live streaming or something. How do they do that? They're going to need to do some education, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, so I think um, like uh, 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 the education um, for onboarding um, folks, it's just it's just part of user acquisition, like retaining them, right? Mm-hmm. It's not new. Like we've been doing this in product design for you know years. <laughs> yeah, we, again, we need more designers to help educate. You mentioned Moon as a good example of, of a team that's doing design UX design specifically around uh, backups correctly. What other apps are you impressed by their design and their and their ux bold fun <laughs> i think bold, bold fun has very good ux i just signed up in five seconds i definitely still room for improvement i mean i think one thing you definitely learn when you start developing applications is you start to look at them a little bit like you might other areas of your life where you're just like, oh, I wish that was a little bit better here. Or uh, I wish we had, I don't know, I wish we had kind of like cornered off those radiuses on that card a little bit more. Or like, I've got a bit of a perfectionist attitude when it comes to the UIs, as John's knows. So I look at Bolt Fun, I'm like, oh, it's, it's a great UX, but it can definitely be improved. And 
I think one thing I would say with regards to the UX is, uh, and I'll kind of circle it back around to your, your last point about the security, is I think there's always this trade-off between, uh, there are different elements of UX, right? Like it's kind of all about human emotion as they travel through applications and how they interact with it and how they can complete tasks and, and how quickly they complete tasks and, and whatever it might be. And when you start to uh, make different trade-offs, for example, maybe it's slightly easier for me to go through and send this transaction. Uh, you know, if, if you're trying to create like a Venmo style application, uh, maybe you have some sort of contacts extraction and um, it's done that way. And maybe users have handles a bit like uh, I think bottle pay have it where they integrated like bottle pay handles. Pine and then as well. they've got like, yeah, there are some really cool ones, right? But yeah. like what's happening on the background. And I think as a user, I'm, I like those experiences, but at the same time, if I realize that that experience has just cost me a bit of privacy, then maybe my user experience begins to change. And I had that with, uh, when I first got into Bitcoin and then kind of into crypto and stuff, um, maybe we can talk about how Johnson and I met sometime. Um, that was uh, my favorite wallet at the time was Exodus. And that was just because they had like a really big design team or maybe not a big design team, but they had a very like skilled design team. And it was the first wallet that I kind of interacted with. This was kind of also before I had hardware. Uh, it was the first wallet that I interacted with where I was like, wow, I feel safe in this application. And I feel like I know exactly what's happening and I know how to send a transaction and I had to receive Bitcoin from my friend. Um, and then I realized that they had address reuse. And as soon as I figured that out, I was like, all right, I'm no longer using Exodus. This does not feel like home anymore. This, this is not an application I want to use. And obviously then kind of bought hardware and uh, I've had different experiences with them, but all in all, I would say that Ledger, um, or sorry, Trezor is probably one of my favorites is, is well-funded. I've tried Casa as well. That was pretty cool, um, especially for like multi-sig, which can sometimes be a bit cumbersome with the UX. Um, there, are some, there are some really great ones out there. I think it's just a question of like weighing up what the user knows and how informed they are about the privacy and the security um, and then trying to then make that as nice looking as possible and as easy to use as possible yeah yeah because that's the other thing good design could make you comfortable like exodus and then you find out one day holy shit i've been everybody is sending me bitcoin knows how much bitcoin i have <laughs> exactly and that's, yeah. dangerous. that's dangerous as well right yeah yeah it's oh it, it could potentially be dangerous because now like uh uh um you can't you can't fix that it's it's on the ledger right you can't uh you can't do anything um, uh, 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 about the past. You could do some forward-facing stuff and preventative things. Um, but by providing such interfaces and not informing people about it, you're kind of like taking away their choice. And I think privacy is the choice to reveal or not reveal. But if you don't communicate that, say like, hey, by using this application or by you know sending this address or whatever, this is what happens, you know? Um, but yeah, with regards to, um, applications that, um, I feel are like really nice in the space, I think you mentioned pine. Mm -hmm. 
yeah um i i saw this one like a couple years ago when i was doing some research on these contact based abstractions and stuff and they were one of the first wallets to implement like cloud backups and um and contacts and stuff and i'm like this is awesome right this is what it like all bitcoin applications should look like as a base just as a base right now of course there's some decisions like where the contact where the contact was stored this is before ellen url um uh sorry ellen uh lightning address and stuff like this you know but so where this contact stored is it local to my device i'm not exactly sure but um but just like on the visual side i like um what that guy's done on that project uh, very much yeah yeah visually it's it's pretty stunning beauty on's a big fan of pine wild he's the one who made me uh aware of it dove into that yeah but yeah now these these are these are exciting like so as designers let me know check me if i'm wrong because i've been putting this out there for many months now like if you're a designer and you want to make your mark on the world coming to the bitcoin lightning application space is probably the best place to come because it's such a wide open canvas and there's so much to be done that if you want to again make your mark on the world as a designer this is a perfect place to begin working is in in your mind is that a correct assertion 100 percent. even if you're a developer application developer this is where it's happening um you know to that point i think a lot of people think um that you know developing on bitcoin or de designing on bitcoin is a difficult endeavor and one thing one of the reasons why it's called bolt.fun and why it has this cartoony look is to be a bit more welcoming and friendly to make something the bolt there isn't because of um the bolt in the name isn't because of um uh, the lightning bolt right you know like for Right. It's not that. It's actually like basis of lightning technology. That's like that's the acronym that we actually use for it, right? Of course, we play with the name, um, the word a little bit. So I think we're the only Bitcoin project that does not use the lightning in their um, uh, 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 like emojis and uh, the buttons to vote and stuff like that. Um, we use like nuts and bolts for builders. <laughs> But um, yeah, like there's this perception that Bitcoin is slow, inflexible, um, uh, 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 you cannot build anything interesting on top of it. And now we have the Lightning Network, that narrative's like changing a bit because the rate of innovation is happening a lot faster there. Um, and uh, we're seeing some very cool developments being, being made on it and around it, right, that we, that has taken quite a long time for those similar things to be um, done on chain. So, um, so yeah, I think um, this kind of like a uh, uh, friendly environment and 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 showing that it's a, uh, a ecosystem that's in inclusive that could help you um, uh, get onboarded and stuff like that is like is is is, is super critical. Um, and to do so, we're gonna need to kind of like massage the language a little bit you know mm -hmm. um it's it's uh it's secure not slow for instance <laughs> you know yeah um, language is important you know. exactly exactly so um so hopefully we get to change some of that narrative a bit and so how has the growth of bolt fun been uh since you guys launched it it seems pretty active i mean i was just uh 
perusing through the site all morning. It seems like there's a lot going on. I saw peer tube integration that you guys are pumping. And obviously you guys have Legends of Lightning going on until December 7th. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, big up, big up Fulga Ventures as well, because, uh, yeah, they um, they provided the majority of the um, the prize money, 2.5 Bitcoin um, for prizes. And then we partnered up with the Afro Bitcoin conference. Um, and it's I think that allowed this thing to get to the level where it is now, because before that, we were still in like building phase and Ed could probably talk about the numbers and stuff. Um, uh, 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 from before, you wanna you wanna take it? Out? Yeah, I mean, I think I've been involved in quite a few projects as an attempted entrepreneur and things like that. And I think Bolt Fund's probably the first project where um, it's gaining like the the traction and the feedback that I think um, is being the effort matches the effort that's being put into it and. Um, I'm glad it's heading that way. I think there's still loads of growth to, to go, um, with regards to the activity and stuff, it's really great to see that, especially, I think it kind of comes around the time of these events. Uh, there's money being floated around as prizes, uh, people have an incentive to be on the platform and to build in public and stuff. And that's actually kind of one of the reasons why we started these longer format tournaments as well was because we were running these hackathons, sort of more traditional style hackathons earlier in the year called Shock the Web. And they were they were really focused at lightning on web. Um, so using technologies like WebLN, there was a bit of LNURL as well. Um, but it was kind of a much more narrow scope of field. Um, and those ran for like four days to a week. Um, so they were still slightly longer than your average hackathon format, but really condensed and really intense. And there were also some prizes. Um, and we just saw these like huge spikes of kind of builder activity. Um, people were joining our discord and people were kind of building applications and submitting projects and talking to people. And it was kind of getting bustling and going, but then right after these events, we just had these huge drop-offs where, people's projects and themselves were probably burning out. They weren't really committing new designs, new code. Um, And when you want the Bitcoin and the Lightning application layer and space to be kind of bustling and new people coming in, because I think activity attracts new activity. And I think that it's this kind of snowball that needs to keep getting pushed. And once you get it to a stage where people are kind of pushing it themselves that's really what you want to get to as a platform and as a community and i i hope that this tournament will kind of do that like we haven't we've been prompting people a little bit to carry on posting on the platform but people have also been doing it themselves and people have been taking the initiative to their own hands so um it's great to see the growth is coming there's still loads more to be done um but yeah it's it's really it's really been exciting to be involved in it so far yeah let's talk about the tournament more so what exactly are people building towards how are people going to win bitcoin uh by contributing to this tournament or participating in it yeah so the tournament runs for i think it's nine weeks so it started on october 12th uh 12th yeah so a week ago today and it runs up until december 7th um if you haven't registered you can still register um it's not too late to take part uh the project 
entries uh, open and they'll basically stay open until November the 24th. Um, and then we've got a pretty cool roster of judges who are going to um, come stacked. and they're going to, yeah, they're going to evaluate a bunch of the projects. We've got two tracks as well, uh, which is worth mentioning. So uh, when you enter your project into the tournament, you can either enter the global adoption track or the building for Africa track. Uh, the global adoption one is sponsored by Folger and then the building for Africa is sponsored by the Africa Bitcoin conference. Uh, they were going to host a hackathon as well, kind of at the exact same time as us. And we just thought, let's just merge efforts um and just sort of pull the prize money um so the two tracks are going to get evaluated between the 24th and the 28th of november um and then we're going to announce a short list of finalists from so probably between eight to ten for each track um and then on december 6th after a week of kind of refining their project adding to it getting their pitches together they're then going to be able to pitch them live and then we'll announce the winners the next day so uh, both tracks will have $10,000 in prizes. And then uh, additionally, on top of that, uh, from those finalists, we're going to pick uh, around about 10,000. Did I say that wrong, Jules? <laughs> no, 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 I'm always just like 10th, like, uh, like these numbers, like what? It's just, it's crazy. It's, it's just absolutely crazy. Our first event, our first two events, it was like, $2,600 in prizes. We uh, we funded the first one ourselves. We got um, uh, Max from Hivemind and um, Oleg from Fulger chipping in on the second one. And then like now it's like 60K with two tracks of 10K. It's like, what is what? <laughs> and I, like I, like I, we were I, saying, I, hey, the price could pump between now it. and then. It's going to be $120,000 worth of prizes. Dude, this is wild. Hey, this why, is so stop, wild. why stop there, man? Um, <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> But go ahead and say yeah. for like uh, no no <laughs> I just I saw you hitting your head I was like man did I say something wrong uh, no, no, no but there's gonna be an extra uh, yeah so basically from those finalists there's also gonna be the legend who's gonna bag one whole Bitcoin uh, and then there are gonna be two runners ups as well who are gonna take home half a Bitcoin each so some pretty huge prizes uh, we've got loads of different criteria for people to um, take a look at that's uh, gonna be sort of product market fit, uh, execution of the idea, design, um, build in public. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a big one. Uh, essentially, we're trying to kind of drive people to build their, their products and applications out in the open. Um, again, because there is a lack of consolidated resources in the space, it's hard to kind of learn as well how to do these things. So when people start building in public, not only does it kind of follow that Bitcoin ethos, the open source ethos, but um, it also allows a lot of other people in the space to be like, oh, cool, that's how they implemented their LNURL auth, or, uh, which is an issue we're having at the moment is a few hackers are like, oh, I don't know how to implement LNURL auth. It's like, okay, well, um, has someone else done it? Yeah, they have. Cool. Well, let's just point you at their article that they wrote on how to, on how to implement it. And where are you guys seeing is it people from all over the world coming to uh, focus on this? You guys have like a number of countries or anything? Everywhere, baby. Everywhere. We got uh, folks from India um, coming in. Um, uh, there's, uh, there's quite a number um, uh, from Africa, uh, US. Um, I'm not sure if there's any South American teams or Central American teams um, all over Europe. Um, it was wild. So I was, um, 
I was uh, uh, in Bulgaria over the weekend for um, a Bitcoin conference there put on by Plamen, um, really cool guy. Um, and um, uh, someone reached out to me and said like, uh, hey, could we meet for a coffee or whatever? I'm like, yeah, sure, no worries. And apparently he was from the Bold Fund community and he's like, yeah, I'm taking part in the hackathon. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't, but like for me, like my mind keeps getting blown when like this happens because I'm like, you know, we're doing these, this digital thing, right? We're, we're pushing pixels, we're writing code, we're doing live streams or whatever, but it's all pixels, right? And then you like see someone IRL, you're like, wait, what? Like, that's the, this I mean, person is real? Like, yeah, it's the great thing about commerce. Like we met in Riga. Uh, and it was funny to hear your story how you ended up in Serbia. Uh, I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's just great yeah. getting to meet people in person. That, like, for me, Riga is always an incredibly humbling experience because I get to meet people, listen to the podcast from all over that part of the world, and it's always crazy to me. Like, oh, you're from Serbia, you're from Finland, you're from Bulgaria, you're listening to the show. It's, it, it is really special what's going on here there's people all over the world saying hey this thing's important we need to make it happen it's just regular dudes like us three yeah you know somebody described this um i i can't remember who so hey, i girls. can't cite them but um <laughs> girls, yeah, there you, go. <laughs> um, you know um uh someone said like bitcoin's like a social network and i was thinking about that and i'm like holy hell it is right because like we're all part of this kind of like Bitcoin community, right? And it doesn't matter where it is. It's like, it's not, it is technology based in terms of like the protocol itself, but our communication mechanisms are not on the protocol only. It's like in real life, at conferences, at events, at meetups, you know, at co-working spaces and all that. And it's, it's very interesting to see like all of us with this, aligned interest in Bitcoin, Bitcoin adoption, etc. Um, just like uh, interacting in various locations. I've been to like a bunch of conferences this year and I'm meeting some of the same people in like different countries as well, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, Boomy, I'm gonna see you in like two months now. It's fine, we didn't really meet up in Amsterdam. You know, it's like, it's it's very interesting. Well, It's fun, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's fun. Definitely feels like there's a purpose here. And meeting people in real life really reinforces that. Yeah. Um, there aren't, Riga, uh, might... oh. Go on. No, I was just going to say there aren't too many other, even sort of areas of technology or finance where, I don't know, maybe, maybe you would, but if you ever heard someone at like a Thanksgiving dinner, some long lost relative who's talking about credit default swaps, you probably wouldn't go up to them and be like, bro, I'm also into credit default swaps. Like, let's go, <laughs> let's go <laughs> chat on the couch. Like, no, but if they're into Bitcoin, you're like, cool, this guy's also down the rabbit hole. Like, I fuck with that. So <laughs> it's kind of like a really unique community in that sense. Yeah, it is. And so, I mean, Ed, you mentioned it. We should hear the story of how you two met. What, what's, uh, what's the origin story of the Bolt Fun team meeting? Yeah. Uh, um, I was just, I just kind of hung my boots up from another project I was working on, um, which was also in the, it was actually sort of in the Ethereum space. 
Um, I had done that for a couple of, yeah, yeah. I had done that for a couple, well, wait till you hear it. (laughs) I was, uh, kind of came in through Bitcoin, went into Ethereum, was working in that space for a while and then kind of left this job. And there was a hackathon that was organized. It was kind of around, it was like, this was probably nearly three years ago. And it was kind of when like ETH2 nodes were about to get deployed or not get deployed. And anyway, I signed up to this hackathon and Johnson and I were put on the same team. Um, And we ended up, I think we can say we won the hackathon. We were like the only project that actually finished a working prototype. So I think by default we won. And then after that, we were like, yeah, let's just work together. John's was kind of like, yeah, I just want to work on Bitcoin. And I was also pretty interested to do that. I kind of got a little bit disillusioned by the, the Ethereum stuff. So uh, we kind of changed tack, kind of a Bitcoin only design agency peak shift. Um, and then two and a half years later, we actually met for the first time in real life, which was cool. Like you're talking about being in the pixel space um had this like really close relationship with someone behind the screen for ages and then we finally met up in uh bulgaria and then we headed out to istanbul for the the full hack day which was really fun earlier this year what was it like meeting in person for the first time was it big hugs i think i think john's was slightly shorter than i expected but <laughs> oh man come on so i'm i'm apparently like the shortest person in the you're not that now. short yeah, I think you're taller I, than I'm me. Not, I, I, I thought I wasn't that short. And then like everyone in the company that I meet, I'm like, holy hell, why is everyone <laughs> taller than me? Like, I'm getting like Napoleon complex now. <laughs> yeah, no, but, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like just, just being able to like meet and, and, and stuff. It's, uh, like, yeah, that was really special. And, um, we've, we've been working together for, yeah, like you said, like almost is it going up to four years now, I think? And um, I, no, three, three years, yeah. yeah, going up to three years, yeah. And um, I don't know, it's, it becomes kind of normal now, doesn't it? You know, it becomes kind of normal where you like, yeah. you know how to interact with this person, you know, the jokes that this person likes, you know, you know, these kind of things. So it's like, yeah, it's, uh, we're in the metaverse, right? And we just took it to IRL. <laughs> the meat space but, meetups um, are always better, in my opinion. Exactly, exactly. But hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we get to um, uh, uh, meet up more as a community. What I really, um, what I really like is that there's a bunch of different events, like satellite events, that are popping up all over the world now. Um, like Pleb, um, Pleb weekend, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, they had like a Legends of Lightning esque thing there. Um, there's a, uh, I think one in Tel Aviv, Israel, popping off as well um uh bit bit miami i think they're called um uh there's there's some events that are happening there mentorship sessions etc um it's just really cool to see like people kind of like running with this i i like to say this um we're not trying to be like a centralizing uh, uh event or whatever that takes everything and like we, we want to do everything ourselves uh we just want to coordinate the community to innovate and get together and help one another out to build cool shit. And I think um, uh, in our first event, Roy Roy put this really well. He's like, the thing that Bit or like the Lightning Network needs is traffic. 
how do you get traffic, right? It's uh, through uses and use cases and stuff like that getting built on it, right? So I'm very interested in um, uh, uh, very local solutions being made, even if it's for like your own, like, you know, your own, your own problem that you're trying to solve or whether it's a, a problem for your local community, like the community banking stuff, whatever. I'm very interested in like people applying Bitcoin to like local problems or use cases where it kind of matters or where it solves the problem for them. And um, I want to see that happen like globally, right? And that I think is a good strategy for um, onboarding people um, getting people kind of like understanding because it can't be top down where like it's uh, only English speaking people are producing content for like the whole world and telling them how to use Bitcoin or whatever or this is this is how it, the UI should be and you shouldn't have XYZ features because um, you know that's not what the rest of the no maybe the, there's a certain feature that's very relevant to that local community right um uh, there's a there's a talk going on on stable sets right now um uh from nicholas and galoy and we were talking about like do you need to have this uh like usd balance in a wallet um uh, uh um for these local community banks and the the thing is if you're not able to just be a hodler and you can't go to zero on fiat Right, because you have to pay for diapers, you have to, you know, um, uh, pay your rent and stuff like that. You know, you, uh, or or you can't just be exposed to that volatility, right? Um, then yes, you do need that U.S. balance um, in your in your wallet. You know, so yeah. yeah. No, I think that use case specifically is something that opened up my mind to to break me free from like my Western view of how I approach Bitcoin. Cause I, I used to have Matt Alborg on the show. He's a bit refill now, but uh, a couple years ago he came on a few times to talk about stable coin adoption in Nigeria and Venezuela and Argentina. And that really was like an aha moment for me. Like, Oh, people are using Bitcoin as a rail, but they do need that stability at the end of the day. And like you said, like with the community banks, what, Fediment and Fetty are trying to do there the way Obi describes the specific problems and how trust is different in different parts of the world. Um, there's going to be many different experiences touching all the stacks or all the layers of the stack in Bitcoin. And it's beautiful to see that you guys have created Bolt Fund to, to get people from all over the world to, to focus on this. And with Legends of Lightning, I really like the two tracks. They have global adoption and then something that's Africa specific. So what what are are you guys able to disclose what people are building uh, on both tracks to to sort of go after these two specific problems? Yeah, for sure. I think there are some uh, with regards to specific projects. Uh, some people haven't uh, specialized or at least kind of said what their track is going to be yet but i guess we can kind of assume um there are some really cool ones there's one uh dan gold's project no looking that looks really interesting it's on sort of opening lightning channels using a pay join um there is one called light sats which is about kind of tipping people or 
sort of basically how to kind of onboard strangers without having to necessarily get them to like download a wallet first and that type of stuff. Um, there are a lot of projects in the Bitcoin Designathon, which is kind of happening right now. One which I'm particularly excited about is the they're developing a game called Saving Satoshi, which is kind of like an interactive um, code engine type thing where they can kind of take you through a lot of the chapters in Bitcoin's history and like solving certain bugs and seeing like kind of what went wrong, which is great. So for people who are kind of developers or maybe have some uh, experience developing, then they can kind of like take through that journey. Um, there is, uh, I think I just saw Tau Wallet, which is one of Danny DZ's projects. Uh, he, I think they're going to enter that. Um, I think Galoi are trying to maybe issue a bounty with Collider to try and get some people using stable sats on there. Um, hopefully we'll see a whole bunch of tarot projects. Um, I hope I'm not missing yeah. too many like really obvious ones, well, but well, of course there's like like a whole bunch. I think there's um last time I checked, which was I think yesterday or so, there was like more than twenty. Um, uh, a couple that kind of like could uh, show some distinctions between um, between global adoption and like uh, local projects would be, for example, there's like um, gift cash. Um, so yeah, I just pulled it up here. It's a, uh, a easy way for companies and individuals to create and send Bitcoin gift cards. And they're going to do some stuff with like LNURL, LNURL withdraw, right? So you'd be able to just like create these gift cards, send them out or print them out or whatever. And, um, and you know, you, you scan it with your wallet and people can um, sweep them. get the gift cards. Yeah, exactly. Then there's also um, a one called Agreement. That's the, uh, the guy I met in um, Bulgaria. Um, they're doing... It's a bit, it seems like a lot, but they're doing this um, USD-based mobile interface, USSD, right? You know, this um, uh, kind of like text message kind mm -hmm. of uh, protocol, right? So they're using this um, for uh, interacting with Bitcoin um, and the um, this agreement system. Um, the agreement system itself is using um, like, uh, Chalmian, Federated Chalmian Mint, so maybe something like Cashew or Feddy or something like that. Um, and they're going to have some kind of like lending component to it. And the idea is that they're giving like Cashew farmers in Tanzania um, uh, access to capital and loans and stuff like that um, for their uh, uh, farming stuff. I don't that know seems what really cool. Exactly, right? And the USSD part is very, uh, this is the component that's, you know, very local, right? It's uh, in, in um, especially in um, East Africa, uh, most of the payments are, or at least digital payments, are being done through mobile money, whether it's uh, MTN or, um, oh, I forget the other one, um, but yeah, MTN. M-Pesa. M-Pesa, uh, yes, exactly. Right? Um, so... Uh, that's like a very local one, right? So you, you could, if you integrate with like a local community to get your stuff deployed, for ex example, this one I love as well, Bitcoin Mountain. So Bitcoin Mountain is a new community banking initiative that's happening in Cameroon, I want to say. Um, and what I love about that is that it doesn't have to be a fully technical thing. Um, to get started up um, on the hackathon, um, sorry, on the Legends of Lightning tournament, right? You could just be like, okay, I have an idea. I want to start this initiative to, um, 
you know, onboard my local community onto Bitcoin and create the circular economy. Maybe eventually we get to the bank part of it. But hey, let me print out some flyers for merchants. Let me print out some QR codes of lightning addresses. Let me um, do some uh, uh, workshops and stuff to educate people and how this could be useful, et cetera, et cetera, and the different use cases. And that doesn't necessarily have to touch anything besides a design tool, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's still going to count for local adoption, which is what we need, uh, uh, global adoption or local adoption, whichever. But that's what we need. We need people to, from all parts of the stack, all parts of um, all skill levels and all roles, we need them to come into Bitcoin because there's a deficit of them. You know, company, like people are, uh, like the top talents are just moving between companies constantly, right? But like they need new talent to come in also, right? Um, and a lot of companies before this bear market were having a lot of issues hiring people, finding people, right? So we need people in marketing, growth, this, sales, uh, development, of course, design, et cetera, et cetera, because it takes a diverse group of people to create great products, right? Yeah. So, and different products yeah. for different localities. The, exactly. No, nah, it was really cool to see Bitnob's M-Pesa integration get launched a few weeks ago. I think that's going to be massive. Uh, exactly. For what they're doing. And it's, it feels like it's happening, especially like the, the cliche trope of building in the bear mark, but it really does seem, on Lightning specifically, everything that I'm seeing coming out right now is, is mind-blowing. It's hard to keep up with everything that's being built. Wait, there's what's, a bear market happening? <laughs> <laughs> what's um? Uh, did you see that video with like the bear clawing at this guy up yeah. the mountain and shit? That was wild. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> that was wild. But what kind of projects uh, are, like are you interested to see with this kind of like explosion on the application layer and stuff in Bitcoin? Or what? What do you? Yeah, what kind of stuff are you hoping to see? I really like that that mountain Bitcoin idea. Again, it's just education. It's getting people aware of it. Like, hey, this is something that you should be paying attention to, probably playing around with in the least bit, hopefully adopting at some point in the near to medium term. Uh, I'm actually really excited, and I'm interested to get your guys' thoughts on this. It's actually been lingering in the back of my mind to bring up is uh, adding an NFC component to the design landscape. Like you see Coin Corner with their with their card, uh, CoinKite, with their SATS card and their tap signer, adding this ability to either sweep funds via NFC, pay with NFC, or sign uh, a key with NFC. That's uh, an area of the design space that I'm really excited about. Have you guys explored that at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm also really excited about that. I actually haven't really tried it out myself. I think uh, they've kind of been, I saw quite a few coin corner cards floating around Bitcoin Amsterdam and stuff like that. But um, there was actually a, a guy who, and I guess uh, shout out, I think it's this Saturday evening in Lone Tree, Colorado. He organized this uh, crypto beer kings event, like a satellite event for Legends of Lightning. Um, and they're actually using, I think, NFC tech in, in like inside of kind of event wristbands. So people who maybe have no experience using lightning or whatever it is, maybe they just like beer and they want to go for a couple of drinks. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll get like an event ticket, which is kind of this a little bit like a festival wristband you'd usually get. And they can just basically go around and sweep and pay for things and stuff using their, their wristband, which is 
like that's crazy like that's actually really cool to to think about that yeah and i think coin corner just teased like a ring that they have too that's nfc enabled yeah. you can uh oh man <laughs> who, who, who needs an apple watch that. when you've got <laughs> nfc right <laughs> I I got I got one finger missing, <laughs> one ring missing there. Yeah, but it, it, I'll definitely get those. That stuff excites me. Um, I've really been excited about Fediments, Chami Mints, um, and how they're going to be adopted. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of controversy over the custody trade-off, but I think it's worthwhile, particularly in certain parts of the world where trust models are different than they are here in the West. And so, I'm really excited to see that uh, get launched in the next few months here and see people experimenting with that because I think uh, just within those mints by themselves, the the design landscape in there, you can be a bit more creative and I'm really excited to see how creative people get with designing on, on within these mints. Yeah, um, I think um, we, uh, earlier this week, um, Leo from Lightning Labs did a talk on um, Tyro as well. Um, I think that's gonna, uh, I, I find it quite interesting and I'm, I'm also interested to see how um, the narratives around these things um, kind of form as well. Um, because it's like, uh, so we have this series called Tokens on Bitcoin. Um, uh, some people say it's assets or whatever, but in reality, we know what it is. Um, I'm very interested to see what comes out of that, but also, um, yeah, what that does to the kind of like the ecosystem. Um, uh, we were talking about it as well that, you know, we have to. All right. So let me back up a little bit. So there's tokens that are going to be on Bitcoin. That's going to open an, up a new like design space. But there's also space that, you know, um, these folks in the Web3 land, in the crypto, Ethereum, Solana land, um, they might start developing an interest now, right? Because if you're if your blockchain, quote unquote, blockchain is shutting down, every, <laughs> it's down for four hours a week. <laughs> it's freaking insane, right? Now, so they have like this um, kind of like speculative or um, whatever incentive to um, to 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 come over to build Bitcoin now. Um, what is that going to do? And are we able as a community to instill some of the principles and philosophies that we developed and uh, 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 you know um, uh, uh, maintained over these years? Are we able to kind of like instill them in those projects now? Because in inviting new people in, right, we also have to kind of like, we can't really control what gets built, what people do with it, right? That's the whole idea about Bitcoin. And for me, I just want to see everything come to Bitcoin. That's my philosophy, right? Um, but like, yeah how, yeah, how do we kind of like instill those principles so we don't see like a ton of like, absolute crap uh come in right um sh like like that series could have been um called shit coins are coming to bitcoin as well right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a reality. They're being, they're being very it's particular a, with the language it's it's yeah but 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 it's it's true so it's going to be interesting over the next year and so what starts to happen um and that's like like on bitcoin on lightning and and with things like tyro as well yeah yeah, it's exciting. I mean, um, I've never been more bullish. Another thing, while it's on top of my mind, I mean, Ed, you mentioned it earlier, like communicating 
particularly around Lightning Network liquidity. That's another area of design that I think needs a lot of work. Like how do you how do you get users to conceptualize the idea of two-sided channels and balancing those channels and being aware of it on the go and understanding what's happening when they can't send a transaction due to a ch channel imbalance or something like that. And yeah, yeah, that. absolutely. And I, mean, I was having a conversation with uh, Alan from Lightning Network Plus last night as well. And he was, we were kind of saying, oh, yeah, if, if there could be a tool which you would build for the Legends of Lightning, or if you could see it being built, like what would you do? And he was talking about uh, having an application that lets him know when his channel is basically being depleted or all sorts of things. And it's like, wow, this this is someone who's super technical and can probably access a lot of this information. And they're actually still asking for this thing to be built. Um, I'm, I don't operate my own node. Um, so I feel very hypocritical when I talk about obviously that type of stuff, but I have been really interested in doing it for a really long time. Um, I think uh, I haven't tried it yet again myself, but I want to run a node home uh and i think i'd probably maybe go for an option like umrel uh there is a lot of really cool stuff with like cloud sort of node infrastructure with uh, voltage uh, particularly uh ellen bits um i think there are loads of resources that people can kind of pick up and use if if they don't have that like reliable sort of home connection then uh, maybe that's the better option um but it's there's still so much to be done and i think it kind of reminds me of probably what the on-chain space was quite a few years ago, where you had a very small handful of people that were kind of experimenting with this. And now the pool is really growing, especially in Lightning, um, but it's still quite manual and it's still quite sort of unabstracted from what it actually kind of, not necessarily should be, but at least, you know, my grandmother is not going to set up a lightning node. I fucking wish she would, but she's probably it's not, not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, right? <laughs> um, but if I can see her before before she kicks the can, if I can ever see her send a lightning payment, that would be sweet. So, um, but, call, call your grandmother, Shrieks. I know, like, like Breeze is a full node running on a mobile device, right? So, like, how do we define node? Do we define node as a Raspberry Pi? Right mm -hmm. when the majority of people are running, like are using this, right? This is what most people have. Yeah, it's another. So, I mean, that's another thing. Thinking about design and breaking free from like the Western view of the world. Like most of the world is going to be mobile first, probably using an Android device. Yeah, yeah, and 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 um, even Obi talks about this. You know, like uh, you're doing hardware wallets and stuff like that. Not even a Node, a hardware wallet. Um, shipping stuff to like uh, some places, like they never arrive, right? Um, then there's a whole bunch of taxes that you have to pay on top of it if you're like buying it for yourself or whatever. Um, and uh, sometimes, like if they like, uh, we have this problem in Saint Lucia, they'll classify something um, incorrectly because they don't know what it is and give you like a um, a, a higher um, a, a charge on taxes, and not everyone's able to pay um, pay this, so then they don't get their products, right? Um, so, and that, that's one issue, but then the other issue is that you, um, uh, uh, the things just don't show up, right? <laughs> you order it and it gets lost in the shipment, you know, or never delivered. Gets lost so, at Heathrow airport. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, um, well, actually, like underdogs. <laughs> Usually, it it arrives underdogs, then it disappears. You know. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so not yeah, not everyone is going to be able to like have hardware devices or get Raspberry Pis. I heard even the prices of Raspberry Pi devices are like skyrocketing as well because um, chip so, shortage yeah. and all that chip shortage but also a bunch of bitcoiners are buying raspberry Pis now. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh yeah, there's so much to think about oh yeah and going back to like low-hanging fruit i mean we're talking about lightning and Ed, you said on-chain is pretty developed but even on-chain like i'd like to see if somebody runs a business accepting bitcoin on-chain and lightning but for on-chain running through my btc pay server like there's some low-hanging fruit there um that could really well it's a combination of the hardware wallets and btc pay server like i think trezor in their suite they need to automatically increase their gap limit or make it easier for business owners using btc pay server like myself to increase the gap limit when i go into trezor suite because people will create invoices not pay them and then trezor won't recognize the the paid invoices which are like 100 addresses down the, the gap limit isn't that big so i plug it in and it's like oh the bitcoin's not there it is there i just got to plug it into sparrow or something like that and increase the gap limit using that so that's like an easy ux fix i think slow hanging fruit uh, again btc pay server receiving on-chain payments that range anywhere from like five dollars to a hundred dollars i would like little reminders like hey you have x amount of utxos that uh, are equal to y amount of bitcoin you should probably consolidate these um so that you can spend them in the future um too so so we don't have like dust like the problem that coinbase i mean coinbase had this problem in 2017 where they had something like 20 million dollars worth of utxos that they couldn't spend because fees were too high because they didn't consolidate utxos smartly oh yeah yeah i mean that that whole like fees are too high thing is like also like a bunch of bs no because it's like um one is difficult to predict uh like uh, 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 uh like like do an algorithm to like uh do a fee calculation right mm -hmm. to say like this is the estimated fee for like um uh fee estimation it's it's a difficult thing to do because now you have to predict what the what a market is, what the market price is going to be, right? And you're going to have to drive that down optimally. Now, if your code has a bug, or if you just don't like pay attention to these things, and then you're like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. If you don't pay attention to it, and you have some like wrong configurations, then you know people are definitely overpaying, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the algorithm should be like being optimized downwards. And so I don't know, like. Uh, uh, also, like in the like uh, 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 like the fees too large um, space, uh, what on like uh, on Ethereum the fees were like what hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, or whatever, you know. I mean, like Bitcoin fees are cheap. Bro. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had a uh, I don't know if you guys ever tried out the Argent wallet. Uh, it was like on Ethereum a few years ago. They they had these things called. They use smart contracts and you have these things called like guardians where so instead of taking down a seed phrase i can just i can get my mom to download a wallet and my dad or whatever and i can create make them guardians so then they kind of become these like multi-signature guardians of my account whatever it is guardians of the galaxy anyway the uh they i think i staked maybe like a couple hundred bucks of uh what is it some crappy coin just to try and get some yield when that was kind of happening and 
I then try to cash it out because I remembered I was like, oh, fuck, I had this Argent wallet. It's probably got a few hundred bucks in it. And I think ETH had spiked at the time. So I was like, great, I'm definitely going to get this out. I'll probably pay for my holiday or something. And I think I had like over $500 in this wallet, but the transaction fee was higher for extracting the funds. The transaction fee from getting it out of that smart contract was higher than the actual funds itself. And I was like, well, this is just lost. Like, this is dead money. Like, what am I going to do? We try to contact Argent. They're like, yeah, we're going to deploy version two. Sorry to any of the Argent guys. I'm sure you're doing a great job. But like, it's like, that's crazy. Like, people are slamming Bitcoin for having these huge fees when I was about <laughs> to pay like $400 for extracting some shitcoin out of a smart contract. Like, that's that's not right. And, you know, we talk about like high transaction fees. It's like, well, it's not really a high fee. You're probably just like John said, check the mempool, like do it on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. uh, even like, even in Europe, you should do it in the morning before the US wakes up. Um, know when to do it because I have sent Bitcoin before where I've been sweating because it's been like stuck, <laughs> stuck in some long queue because I put, I try to be smart and put like too low of a transaction fee on it. But, but yeah, when you come back to UX and you think, why am I paying? 10 bucks for a transaction. It's like, well, actually I don't have to be paying that. Um, maybe some wallet is trying to make a bit of a run on me or trying to abstract it a little bit too much where they think that that's going to be safe enough to push it through in the next 10 minutes and get a confirmation. But you could definitely lowball it as long as it's not too low and get stuck there. But yeah, you just got I mean, it would be like a ton, just one set per byte every, every transaction. Let's go. But okay, so 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 a couple of things Ed mentioned here um, that I think we as a community need to kind of like um, uh, uh, again it's with language right um, that we need to kind of like maybe build some campaigns and stuff around. Um, so he's talking about like a multi sig that you create like some smart contract and uh, and stuff with uh, whatever right. Here's the thing: multi sigs are inherent in Bitcoin, right? You and you do it off chain. You don't need to pay a transaction fee for a multi sig to de deploy a multi sig smart contract. And here's the beautiful thing: that smart contract thing as well, it exists on Bitcoin on chain. We have smart contracts already. The whole transaction that you look at, right? It has like a whole like it doesn't like it's not Turing complete, but also we don't need that. Right. Yeah, we don't exactly. need a Turing complete thing because we're seeing all the shit that's happening also. So we need to do a good job and saying like, instead of, yeah, we need to look at um, what we have in Bitcoin. And yes, we do have smart contracts. Right. And we, uh, what's an example of a smart contract? It's a multi-sig. And you know how great it is? You can pay four bucks, right, in transaction fees and get a thousand people. <laughs> right. You can, sign, right? you can break BTCD and LD at the same time. Okay, well, <laughs> relax. Dude. Come on, I, relax. Come on, we're trying to evangelize here. Come on, you know? <laughs> but anyway, you can have a thousand people on a multi sig, right? And it costs 400, uh, uh, four bucks. Yeah, and so right? that's, that's it. 490 cents. So that's less than half a penny per person. Boom, let's go. Yeah. Right? That seems pretty fast and cheap to me. Yeah, that seems very flexible. Yeah, that seems very flexible. And what's even crazier with Taproot and and stuff like that, those um, nine hundred and ninety eight uh, 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 keys, or whatever, could also be like branches of other keys, right? Right. Yeah. So it's like what? Yeah, we're yeah. just scratching the surface, and that's again, 
I'm not trying to blow smoke up your guys' ass, but I'm extremely happy that we have designers of your caliber focusing on these problems because they need they need attention and they need like design thinking brought to them. Like Ed, you mentioned like a lot of the Bitcoin developers want people to interact with CLI. It's like that's not gonna happen. Like people aren't gonna be hopping in the command line and, and running CLI commands to to send transactions. Some people will. But a very small majority or minority, excuse me. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah, like thanks for um the 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 kudos and stuff like that, but it's not gonna be us solving all of these problems. There's too many, there's too many things, diff different pieces of Bitcoin um uh, 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 that 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 we need to um work through under whether it's user experience or um to put to use. We need to put these things to use because we have smart contract, we have multi sig. I want to see like thousands of wallets local wallets solving multi-sig things taproot things all smart contract things etc we need people to do that and i really hope that um we could be inviting for people to come in uh for me personally again it's just um uh, uh, whatever you do it should be on bitcoin right um and uh yeah come in build um uh, make stuff help out with the ux help the adoption because this is the strongest money, the the, the hardest money and uh, the best foundation that there is to build on, right? Yeah. And it's exciting and it's fun, it's flexible, it's fast. Payments are lightning fast right now. So, you know, let's get more people to be hyped up about this, hyped up about building in Bitcoin, hyped up to, to, to design stuff and wanna be part of this space. Yeah, no, I'm all for it. Let's fucking make it happen. Are you guys seeing anybody from your design circles begin to be like, all right, I'm ready to become uh, focused on this and begin working on these problems? Do you see more interest from the design side of things? Um, I spoke, uh, uh, I'll just touch on this one. Um, I spoke to, um, so I have a friend, he's like uh, skeptical about anything Bitcoin related, anything crypto all this is like oh shut up it's gonna get regulated away um but i put him in contact with this uh, agreement project and i'm like hey check this project out they're doing some really cool stuff um in africa there um he he, he focused on the use case he's like oh that's interesting okay i want to help this project out you know he's oh, still yeah. not a bitcoiner he's still not a bitcoiner but I think that's a good strategy to get people in as well, right? The particular use case, hey, we want to help farmers uh, finance their operations. Yeah. You can abstract Bitcoin away. Like, okay, I can get down with yeah. that. Exactly. And then he's going to learn about it, learn about its impact, etc. Then, oh, maybe uh, this Bitcoin thing. So, Ed, what do you got? Uh, I think there's definitely a lot more interest around it. I think one thing that I would say, or that at least I've found, is that it's it's a really exciting space to be in because it's still, like, we're still so early. I think people struggle to wrap their heads around that sometimes. Like, there needs to be more design and more developers in the space, but there's also loads of room for growth. Um, as John said, it's fast, it's flexible. Uh, there are new ways that you can use it. There are old ways that you can repurpose things. Um, I think it's just a question of like sort of spiking people's curiosity and, and getting them involved and, and realizing that 
they can have a voice kind of in this space. And I think that sometimes it's quite intimidating when you go to slightly larger spaces and you're like, God, this is such a diluted pool of talent. How is my NFT platform going to stand out from everyone else's? And it's like, well, it's, 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 some, it's somewhat overcrowded. And I think that one of the benefits of Bitcoin is that it, it attracts really like a high caliber of talent. And I think that it's surprising how once you're in the space, it actually doesn't feel as big as you might think it is. And uh, it's, you know, you two meeting in, in Serbia or um, meeting people at meetups who you've been kind of like, because I think sometimes you sort of evangelize people behind screens and behind pixels and you're like, oh, wow, they've got like 50,000 followers on Twitter. Maybe they're like really successful and stuff. And then you meet them in real life and you're like, oh, they're just a, a normal person and I can do that too. And, and that was that was kind of my initial reaction when I got involved in the Bitcoin design community. I remember going to John's and being like, God, there are so many like really talented designers in here. Like, uh, do, I, do I need a qualification to be in here or something? It's like, no, you don't. It's just, just get involved, just do your thing. And I think people are really receptive, like jump in people's discords, like uh, jump in the Telegram groups, get reach out to them on Twitter. Like people are super friendly. And I think that they're really welcoming and everyone, like everyone I've met in this space kind of extends an olive branch of some sort. Um, and I would just suggest kind of taking advantage of that and coming in whilst it's early, like it's fun to be early to a space. Um, you're going to get a slightly bigger voice. You're going to get more influence. You're going to have more projects that you can work on. Um, that really what is what interests me. Like I'm probably not going to be able to go into the fintech space and work on an application where I'm like, wow, I feel like I really developed some UX principle for fintech. It's like, no, but I can probably do that in Bitcoin. And for me, that's, that's what I want at this, this point in, in my life and in my career. And I feel like that's what Bitcoin is giving me. So eternally grateful. Yeah. No, that's incredible. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Um, again, I don't want to belabor the point, but I think design is extremely important and the efforts you guys are doing with bold fun and legends of lightning is definitely, you know, the push the ball forward. And you mentioned Tal wallet and Danny I actually recorded with him yesterday, but you guys are going to leapfrog his episode. I'm going to post this on Friday just for the timely nature of the tournament and everything going on. Yeah. I just want to say, um, yeah, with the legends and lightning tournament, um, uh, the registration stuff is still open. Um, if you have a project that you want to work on, like jump in there, just register as a maker. Um, there's a list of other people that you could um, link up with. Um, it's going like several more weeks, so it like you could you could jump in at any time. Um, we do ask you to do kind of like be transparent with your building, but that doesn't mean that you have to be op like it doesn't have to be an open source project. Um, and it doesn't have to be an ex um, a new project. It could be an existing project that you significantly update. And what building in public means and like being transparent is just uh, sharing your wins, your losses, the problems that you have and your plans. We use this for like um, figuring out uh, uh, what kind of updates that you made uh, during the time of the event. And um, uh, there's like a bunch of like mentorship sessions, a bunch of people in the space, they want to help you. There's a um, big, big shout out to Fogger Ventures. Like without them, this wouldn't have been possible. Shout um, out on leg. 
Shout out to Olegas, seriously. Shout out to all the judges. There's like 20 something judges, some top people in the freaking industry. Stacked. Yo, I don't know how we pulled this off. <laughs> it's really no idea. It's quite impressive. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. I don't think of it as like a competition so much. It is a tournament, yes. Don't think of it like that. Think about it like an accelerator or an incubator. Right, because we want to help all those projects be successful, right? We want to help you be sustainable. So, for example, um, uh, if you're not looking for investment funding um, uh, for a business venture or something, you might want to do open source crowdfunding, right? We linked up with Geyser, Geyser.fund. We we linked up with OpenSat, and they're going to uh, and they're going to uh, be doing some presentations to help you um, uh, uh, create your campaigns and stuff, right? So if you want to get some advice on that, of course, if you want to talk to investors, this is a great platform. We got Max from HiveMind. We got um, Mike from um, Lightning Ventures. We got Oleg, the beast, the dog, Oleg um, in there from Fulger. Um, we got, who else, uh, uh, Stillmark in there as well. Um, so we got some top players. Um, so if you're a project and you want to be um, like be in front of these people, um, you know, hop in, you know, and again, it's about helping you be sustainable, helping you build Bitcoin projects that are everlasting and um, and can help with adoption. Yeah. And you can do this at Bolt. You sign up via Bolt.fun, correct? Bolt.fun, that's it. Fun is mandatory. Yeah. Fun is in the main. Yeah, you can either go to bolt.fun, which is kind of our parent domain, or you can just go straight to makers.bolt.fun, uh, which is kind of like the the makers portal. It's kind of like the web app where people can interact and write stories and join up tournaments and team up and things like that. So uh, yeah, we're actually going to be also releasing a feature probably um, pretty soon. Um, it's kind of already out. It's a sleeping beast, but... Uh, we're going to announce it later today, but people can yeah start adding their projects to our directory and stuff, which has probably been one of our biggest use cases, but it's taken a while to get around to it. And shout out to a lot of the developers last week who, um, yeah, we, we had to put out a lot of backend fires last week. So, uh, but that was great. Yeah, that was also another reason why we need this community, right? Because we had this issue with our, our API and, and our backend and, we were like, well, we don't know how to fix this. So we just posted in our Discord with like 350 devs. And then immediately we got like five responses being like, yeah, this is how you can optimize your your queries. This is, you should switch your like server locations, like all of these things that we couldn't really think about by ourselves. And we're like, wow, we should lean on our community a bit more. They're really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's gonna be great for you guys. Just like, hey, can you, can you help us with our site? Yeah. <laughs> well. This has been fascinating. Uh, John, thanks for reaching out. I'm happy that we were able to get this done so quickly because I think, again, this is an important initiative and I'm really excited to see what gets built um, from the Legends of Lightning tournament. And hopefully there's just one of many to come in the future. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We want to do like one every quarter, lasting for two months each. So that's the goal. Um, we'll see if we could make that feasible. Um, you know, we've been self-funded. Oh, shit. 
I guess I haven't like properly announced it, but we got a grant from OKCoin. So big up to them as well. I have to give thanks because since, uh, uh, believe it or not, we've been self-funding this for the entire time. And it's oh, like shit. A, a team of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. In a bear market as well. So <clears throat> <laughs> Shout out to OKCoin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, um, you know, the lights are going to be still on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're hoping to um, be able to get this um, uh, uh, once every quarter. And, um, yeah, a big shout out to the community, um, uh, the different communities where it's Bit, um, Bit Miami, um, uh, uh, the plebs in Austin, a whole bunch of them, um, uh, Torgos uh, in El Salvador, all the different Galoy, all the companies that are helping us because my, like, dude, like we don't have like th that, those media contacts and stuff like that. We like, we're product people. Right. So, um, the kind of love that we've get, been getting from people like you, um, the rest of the community, it's like, it goes like such a long way, you know, we don't have marketing budgets or anything like that, you know, so it goes such a long way and we believe in this as something as a net good for Bitcoin to help onboard people, to help people with their projects. And uh, yeah, all those people have, have been helping us out. You've been helping us out by giving you this, us this platform. So thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Oh, no need to thank me. I love what you guys are doing. So it's, uh, it's a natural fit to, to talk about this. <laughs> so um, yeah, freaks, go to bolt.fun. If you're building something, join the Legends of Lightning tournament. And again, it's a, the first of many. So be on the lookout if you've got an idea in the back of your head that you're not ready to launch uh, next quarter, maybe. Uh, what should we leave the freaks with? What should we end this on? I think that was a good way to end it. All right. Gentlemen, <laughs> go forth and keep crushing. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for having us. Peace and love, freaks. Dickie! <laughs>